Golden Spiral Media presents The Devil You Know, a Constantine podcast. Episode 13, Angels and Ministers of Grace. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Devil You Know. I'm Tony Caselli. And I'm Manny, inhabiting the body of Joseph Zettelmeyer. And together, we are your hosts for The Devil You Know, the podcast where we discuss your favorite exorcist show, Constantine, on NBC. NBC. Wow, that, did I really date myself with that? I, I don't know. I They had TV when you were a kid? Cool. Um, for the record, Tony is older than I am. <laughs> so thanks for coming back, everybody, for a wonderful episode of Constantine. Uh, this episode aired, what was the date on that, Joe? You know, Friday. This past Friday. <laughs> February, let's go with 6th. That I believe that is actually correct. <laughs> Friday, February 6th, 2015. And uh, what a great episode, Angels and, Angels and Ministers of Grace. This was a good one. Oh, my God. Real, real, real good one and a little bit of a game changer. Yeah, no kidding. It really was. And uh, I think we should just jump. We don't have too much news today to talk about. And so... um Tony and I are as handsome as ever. That's the news for the day. That's the whole bit of news, so it's really brief. Um, so with that being said, I want to jump right into uh, uh, ratings and episode discussion, Joe. Let's do it to it. Because, man, I liked this one. Real, real, real good. Yeah. So um, how about uh, some segue music into episode discussion? Let's go. do it. Go, do it, Go. Joe, I am going to, well, before I do mine, I'll let you tell us what yours is. What is yours ranking? What is yours ranking? What is your... <laughs> Wait, this is Russian, Tony? What is your what ranking? What is your rankings? I'm using too many consonants. I would like to know what your ranking is for this episode. You know what? I don't know if it's just because I loved this episode. I don't know if I'm feeling a little emotional because the, ser- the season is about to end. <laughs> uh, I gave this episode... Nine pieces of the black diamond out of ten. Oh, nice! Just nine, huh? Just, I'm I'm surprised because I gave it more than that. Wow! I didn't. That's give the it highest 10. I've ever given any oh, episode. Is it? it is. Oh wow! I really liked, and I gave this episode nine and a half single teardrops from Zed. That's um, that was nine and a half because that's where she's in the bed. I know exactly the one you mean. She just one single teardrop, you know. And there was a part of me that oh, and Helica, you're a good actor, but that that's a fake teardrop. Yeah, nobody bought that for a second. That yeah. is a that is an eyedropper. Productionist drip, drip. just dropped that down <laughs> your cheek. But nice scene though. <laughs> um, still, yeah, I, I I gave this a very high rating this episode. Uh, I liked it a lot. Tony doesn't have the discriminating taste I have. No, no, it's true. I uh, I like Star Trek better, for instance. Oh, and, God. Uh, is it physically painful to be as wrong as you are? Like, is it, or is it just like a psychic ennui? I can't, I can't even hear you over the, the complete wrongness coming from that side of the room. What? <laughs> Joe, are you over there? So back to this. Um, this episode had so many great little moments, one-liners, but the thing that I liked about it the most, Joe, was, again, we keep talking about how the characters are developing nicely, and this episode had so much of that, and and I, this sounds silly to say it this way, but 
it had a ton of heart. A ton. You know, and we were talking about like the heart of darkness or whatever that, the, you know, the, the they were ripping people's open and all right. that stuff. But it, it, it just had a lot of that. And I bought all of it. You know, I have long wanted them to do more with Manny for no other reason than Harold Perrineau is an exceptional actor, just yeah. exceptional. Yeah. And I have been wait. I've, I admit I have felt for a lot of the show that he has been horribly underused uh, for as talented as he is and as interesting as that character could be. I wanted to see Manny more in the forefront. Sure. Boy, was he in the forefront in this episode. Uh, before we go any further, we should mention who wrote and directed this episode. Yes. Because uh, they did a bang up job. Sam hill directed what the this episode. sam hill what the thank you sam hill because yeah really nice work all around i thought and this rep this rep that's again oh too gosh. many consonants it's gonna be one of those days folks <laughs> this episode was written by christine boylan you may recognize her as the writer of dance voodoo one of the season's absolute highlight episodes yeah so another standout episode from at Kit Moxie on Twitter, if you want to follow her. Uh, the podcast follows her, and I believe she follows us, which is oh, you. amazing. Oh, you. And yeah, she's uh, terrific, and I, I was really happy with this episode. Just Knocked an, it out of the park. Again, really solid stuff. You yep. Know? So let's uh, talk from the beginning. What happened? Let's the go. first thing we see is a woman walking down some very sketchy alleys. Uh, she is getting catcalled. She is clearly out of place. Yes. She walks up to a door and purchases some illicit substances. Right. She's uh, having a bad time. She just came from a funeral, lost someone that she loved, and it looks like she is going right off the wagon. So she purchases these illicit substances in syringe form, mm -hmm. and very sh before she can shoot up... Yeah, she sort of takes them and then doesn't waste any time. She no. goes over to stand next to a street lamp and uh, get her fix. Which, look, if you're going to do something illegal, the place to do it is under a street lamp, clearly. Absolutely I mean, you want true. everybody to be able to see this. <laughs> and That's where I always bury my bodies, because <laughs> it's so much easier to see when you're digging. Um... <laughs> So she starts the process of uh, getting it on and is attacked by a gigantic shadowed person wearing a trench coat. Yes. We don't get a good look at this person. What we get a good look at is him taking the syringes and jabbing them into her chest. Yeah, pretty drastically. And as she, you know, succumbs to the influence of uh, however, however drastic the drugs that she just got pumped into her chest. Right. We also see the veins on her body turning black. Yep. And then we cut away. And we see our buddy John. Dun, dun, dun. We see our buddy John hanging out in the mill house with our buddy Chaz. Uh, and there's no sign of Zed at this moment. Right. John's just getting back from a little shopping trip. Right. And one of my favorite lines <laughs> in the show, did you get the cilantro from Chaz? <laughs> oh, good. You know, he likes to make the dinners. He is, and he's an excellent chef. <laughs> did you get the cilantro? And then I think John says something like, well, I got this and that and that, so no. You know, the more we see them as an old married couple, the happier I am. <laughs> it's I just love that relationship. <laughs> and yes, we find out that uh, Zed is off in a certain amount of meditation. We'll learn a little bit more about that in a second. And in the middle of his conversation with Chaz, John turns around and Chaz is gone. Yep. Replaced by Manny. Our favorite angel. Manny is there to kind of read John the riot act again. It is clear that he is losing patience with John and 
to that point, this was the moment in the episode for me where I went, oh, damn, this whole, this changes everything. Very much. Manny sets the scrying map on fire. I loved that. And John's reaction, how does that help us, is right. what he said. And it's true. We were all like, oh, what? Right. You don't often see a show just straight up murder its MacGuffin the way this one just did. Well, and in this moment, the writers completely spoke to the critics yep. and the audience yep. because Manny's answer was the map was a crutch and you just <laughs> could see he, the writers he, going. All he had to do right. was look right into the camera when he said right, that. Exactly. The map was a crutch. Oh, it was, it was wonderful. And the, Manny's point is he wants John to stop relying on it. He wants John to start using his instincts to find this stuff out. Yep. And John's point to him is, is, are you actually bringing me a case? Because you You've been kind of sidelined. Right. Are you in or are you out? Which has been John's argument with Manny from the get-go. Yeah. Are you in or are you out? Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, that happens to feature pretty prominently in this episode as a theme. <laughs> yes, it does. So Manny gives them the assignment, yep. essentially. One of my favorite moments is yeah, when, when Manny leaves and Jazz just goes, how the hell did I end up over here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't like being used. Don't like being used. <laughs> um, John decides to go over and uh, find Zed. Yep. And follows the thread, yes. Ariadne's thread. Ariadne's thread. Which was a wonderful, fabulous, you know, mythology link that was so fun. Uh, there were a couple of those in the episode yep. th- this this week that were really wonderful. Who doesn't love Dionysus? Right, but just the 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 um oh what's the word the artifacts the yeah. things that John has that he uses uh, he's got a couple good ones this episode yeah and the thread was great so he follows that through the hallway of doom and mystery <laughs> to <laughs> and finds Zed relaxing in a quiet Zen like oh, little forested little shrine right little oh. pagoda to sit under lovely and he says how many of these rooms have you explored <laughs> just this one just this one it never changes oh good you know uh, and they have a nice conversation about her trying to relax her yep. unwinding that kind of stuff uh, and then he convinces her to come back yep it's time to get back in the saddle it's you know it's one of the things that zed is dealing with and has to deal with in a big way in this episode john has made no secret of the fact that magic has a price yes and she's been feeling it she you know her attempt to use her psychic powers knocked her flat Recently. Yeah, when in dealing with uh, the disappearance of, or the illness, rather, of Chaz's daughter. Knocked her flat. Yep, and that was the first time that that type of violent reaction happened. Yeah, she had a seizure. In that that violent of a way. She had had to be hospitalized. It was not... And so she's a little wary, but John convinces her, you know, essentially says, look, you either do it or you don't. You're here, you know. And they go back to Chaz. And what does John have to say to Chaz? Oh, and find your biggest screwdriver. Right. <laughs> and we all are going, wait, what? Why on earth? Why? Is it a magic screwdriver? Uh, what? Right. What kind of? Sonic screwdriver? Sonic screwdriver? What do you, is it, the, to get into the hospital, we're going to have to undo a giant door. I was like, what? Or we could just stab Chaz in the leg with a giant screwdriver. Man. <laughs> Again, I mean, it's pure Constantine. It's the stuff that they've established that I love. His plans are so sloppy. Right. They are so <laughs> sloppy. And on this one, this was one of the moments where I just went, you, 
he even went along with it. Like, what the hell? Chaz said yes to this. I'm assuming that he didn't, that John point, didn't stab him with the screwdriver, that Chaz did it to himself because right. John told him to. At one point, Chaz even says, it's easier when I just die. <laughs> just the idea that he just agreed to that. It's like, what? Oh, my God. My friend fell on his screwdriver is right. what John tells the nurses. Oh, man. So they get into the hospital and they start exploring, looking around. They discover there's a creepy guy, Morris, oh, who's Morris. being obnoxious and immediately makes himself a potential uh, target as the potential bad guy. Right. Morris is back in the hospital. He's been there before. He's getting skin grafts on his face for burns. Uh, we find out that he has just come from a bar fight and nobody is pleased with him. As the nurse probably wisely points out, he's in the process of getting skin grafts. Maybe should not be getting into bar fights. Right. And she says, maybe not even bars in the first place or something like <laughs> right. that. Yeah. And uh, Morris all but tells her to just shove it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's a pleasant guy. Yep. Not, not on everyone's favorite list. <laughs> and so Chaz is getting, you know, getting worked up. They pull the screwdriver out of his leg and it sprays blood everywhere. Uh, that was a, that was a nice moment. Yes. And I'm trying to remember what brought on Zed's seizure. Oh, then they go to look at the, the body yes. of the young woman. Yes, who, yes, 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 yes. The woman who was in the process of dying and ends up dying. Yes, in yes. Front of them. And Zed goes over and touches her yep. to try to see what type of vision she can get. And she gets a vision of... A, a light coming down, yes. a figure in the light, a very angelic type, powerful light, but it's it's hurting her. Yep. Hurts her to the point where she has another seizure. Yes. And while the girl who had been attacked is coding and, and going bad, um, Zed at the same time is having this seizure and they take her and put her in a bed and start trying to treat her. And we see Zed getting the whole MRI. We see her getting the scans. Yeah, and that I again talking about Sam Hill in the direction. I really liked that sequence yep. because we saw the MRI happening and Zed being afraid and Zed being in the machine and the sounds of it. And then it turns out the next thing that happens is Chaz is yelling John's name and it snaps into John's face. So we realize what has happened is. All of that has happened. John is standing there reliving, seeing all of that. Yep. And and Chaz is trying to get his attention. And I liked that for a couple of reasons. I loved the progression that it helped us get through. We don't have to watch all of this happen. It just happened. And now we're forward already. But I also liked that it showed John being thoroughly preoccupied with it. And it's, I mean, it's again, it's something we see so much of John in this episode and we've seen throughout, but there's, he gives a wonderful explanation at the very end of the episode. Mm -hmm. John struggles when his friends are in trouble and his struggle usually turns into him just not involving himself. Right. Just takes himself out of the equation and finds something else to do. Yep. So I, I really liked the direction and yep. the, 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 the way that it was written and directed that sequence of getting us from um, seizure through exploration of seizure to what came after. Right. That sequence I thought was really nicely done. So the doctors come up to Zed and they give her the news. She has a mass on her temporal lobe and that ain't good. 
Right. They don't know what it is. It may not be cancer. They don't know what it is yet. Right. And it's the part that controls a number of things, including vision. Yep. So immediately she and John, you know, share a little moment, a little look that says, oh, this is where those come from. Right. Now, she has had enough experience with John, and he's certainly had enough experience, that she knows the vision's aren't just imaginary. Right. Like, you know, she sees things that lead them to places. So they're happening for and with a purpose. Um, They're not uh, invented hallucinations. But there's no guarantee that the reason she's having these isn't the mass. Right. You know, so the question for her, her, I don't know if that made sense what I just said. It did. But the question, so the question for her becomes... Do my visions come from God? Yeah. Or do my visions, are these things, is this ability that I have happening because I have cancer and a mass on my brain? Is that what is happening? Or is the cancer the cost of having these visions? Right. Is the cancer the price? And we come back to that from the beginning. Is the cancer the price of the visions? Right. And it's a wonderful, really strong tie-in to where the show has gone since episode two or three and, you know... From the moment back, I think it was in um, A Feast of Friends, when they went to the morgue to look at the body and John does the spell to bring him back to life. And it takes a little bit of his life and he says, it's got a cost. And from that moment on, we've seen that play into the series a lot. And this episode really hit that nicely. And Zed's doctor, Dr. Galen informs her that the next step is they have to get it biopsied. They have to figure out what this is. And at the end, it's Zed's choice. If Zed chooses not to get the biopsy, then they can't do it. Right. But it's on Zed. And John storms out, as John does. Right. And he, you know, goes back to his basic stress relief, which is smoking a cigarette (laughs) outside. And he is joined by a doctor. John has that great moment of, I know, I know, I shouldn't be smoking here. And the doctor's like, actually, I was going to ask you if I could have one. Yes. And first off, again, thank you, David Cerrone and David Goyer for giving us lots of more smoking, John. Yes. We're all very happy. Mm -hmm. And no sooner does John hand over the cigarette (laughs) than the doctor disappears. And becomes uh, an angel. And boy, is John not happy to see Manny. Right. Manny shows up. First thing he does is fling the cigarette and say, filthy things will kill you. And John just turns on him and goes after him. He he wants to know. Oh, man, it was a great moment. I loved the storytelling of it, and I loved Matt Ryan in this, where he finds out that he, he... goes after Manny and sa- and and asks him, did you know, did you know this was happening to her? What are you going to do about it? You need to fix it right now. Yeah. Oh, what a great moment. And Manny's vague. He says he can't. He says he can't help. He can't fix it. Right. And John pulls something out of his jacket. It's a little vial full of strange red mist that he throws at Manny's feet. Yep. And Manny starts to convulse and pass out. Uh, the next we see, John is now standing over Manny's body and carving a sigil into his chest. Yes. And once he is done, the sigil disappears. Right. Thankfully, magic. just magically. Otherwise, you know, you've just caused the guy you right. to, he's just going to bleed out and then that's that. That's that just unfortunate. Yeah. He carves it in and it just magically heals and goes away, which is great. And John explains as Manny wakes up, unsure as to what the heck's going on. John explains that he just exposed him to air from Hades. Yes. Which uh, packs quite a punch. Yep. 
And while Manny was unconscious, he has now cast a spell that has locked Manny into the doctor's body, the body of the doctor he was possessing. Now Manny is trapped inside yeah. that body. Yep. And as you can imagine, Manny is not a fan of this plan. And John, the, the key point here is John also says, and you're trapped there until the spell wears off. There's nothing you can do. Yep. It tells him it's until the spell wears off. So Manny decides he has no choice but to wait. Well, and John flat out tells him, he says, Zed is out of commission. You're now my number two. Yep. He needs he needs help. He needs someone else to work with. Right. And, you know, Zed has a doctor's note. Right, right. So now I want to back up because John, I and I'm now I'm forgetting. I didn't write it down, but he said he got the vial of air from. Uh, oh gosh, was it a succubus, a siren, oh, a siren, a something, a siren? He mentions yes that he got it from a siren. That yes. was a weekend to remember. Yes, yes, and I again, I love those little like. Where do these things come from? Yeah, you know, this episode was Greek myth tastic. And yeah, <laughs> myth tastic, myth tastic, myth, myth, yeah. Oh Lord! For those of you who've seen the Muppet movie, very nice. Um, so yes, John and Manny are now on the case. Yes, Manny has no clue how to deal with being a human being. One of my, the first thing he does, he walks into the hospital and sees one of those mirror balls above. Yeah. Uh, above the door yep. and just stares at himself. Right. He can't stop looking. Yep. And he gets an assignment from John. Go find a computer, figure out connections between the victims. Right. right. After this, just an <laughs> FYI, people can see you now. Right. Yeah. And he goes off. To oh, wait. Actually, something else <clears throat> happened before then that was really interesting. They're What they're doing is they're following a series of, of blackouts. Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you. Because the creature in question. Uh, is utilizing some sort of blackout and dark energy something. Right. The 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 um the dark matter. Yeah, dark matter. Thank you. They don't know exactly what it is yet, but they're about to find out because they follow the lights to a janitor's closet. And inside is the janitor who was recently killed by whatever the mysterious trench coat man monster is. Right. Uh, we had seen this janitor earlier taking a, uh, a swig out of a bottle that will perhaps pay off later. So they are looking at, they are investigating his corpse. Manny has seen a lot of dead things before. What Manny has not done is smelled a lot of dead things before and immediately goes to the garbage can and turns his inside out. Yes. While John is investigating and they find inside the body, they find the heart of darkness. Mm-hmm which tells John everything he needs to know about what they're dealing with. They're dealing with someone who has been in contact with the Black Diamond. Yes. The Black Diamond, uh, we will talk more about it in Myth Adventures because it's an awesome nod to the comic books. Yeah, that's a DC thing. Uh, the Black Diamond, uh, as they're explaining it in the Constantine universe, is the remnant of an ancient wizard who had gathered as much dark magic as basically as humanly possible and was smoten. Smitten? Smoten. Smote? It's a Simpsons thing. <laughs> Tell me who to smite, O oh Lord, and they shall be smoten. And uh, <laughs> his, the, the remnants of the energy uh, were formed into these little black diamonds that have, when you, when, you become, when you make physical contact with one of the diamonds, you're overwhelmed by the dark energy. Yes. It basically takes you over. And any rage or whatever that yep. you have in you becomes completely in charge. Yep. There's, you cannot stop it. 
Uh, John needs to make a quick trip to the mill house because he maybe has something in the black diamond related category. Yes. Uh, I want to back up too, because we did skip, oh, it's not super important, but we skipped, I think, they, didn't they go down and see the girl's corpse before they find the oh, janitor? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I loved that moment where, <clears throat> excuse me, the Chaz and John have the great moment of looking at the girl's body and John again does a cool spell and that's the only reason I backed up to it was because I sure. liked the magic in this where he tells Chaz close your eyes because this is gonna you know and he does a spell to reveal uh, the life spark and says even a dead body for a human should have one and this was completely black yep. and that's how he figured out okay we're dealing with dark matter yep. but it was another great moment where the magic in the episode wasn't overdone it wasn't a super you know all sorts of parts needed type of spell he just knew it and said a handful of words and it happened it was simple and a part of his life i thought that was cool well and you really get a sense of why the heavenly hosts have picked john to kind of help them in their battle against the rising darkness is John John's biggest trouble is getting his foot in the door. Once John's got his foot in the door, he's actually got a lot of skills he can bring to the table. Yeah. And he'll figure out what the stuff is because of all the, you know, his jackass of all trades, to quote Papa Midnight. Right. There's a lot of things he can draw upon. So while John goes back to the mill house, he assigns Manny to do some investigating, to try and find any connection between the victims at this point. This was such a great... sequence of scenes with Manny dealing with being a human for a little while. He's typing away at the computer and surprisingly savvy for, you know, someone who hasn't done it. He explains that he has a basic familiarity with it. He can can wing it. Oh, man. (laughs) How did they not make that joke in the episode? I apologize for everything that's happening right now. And while he is working on it, a attractive young nurse saunters over and offers to help him find the charts because he has not pulled up the most recent information. Right. And she's touching his hand. You see that she has got Manny's attention and Manny isn't sure what to do with it, but he's feeling something. Yeah, he he's, he's not used to this, you know, the impact of the feminine wiles <laughs> on a male psyche, you know, <laughs> and on a male physique. And it's great. Just the little flirty moments that are happening. Yep. And he's exploring. She says, oh, you know, we could look up the old files. Hey, why, let's go get those. And they're walking down the hallway. And she just <laughs> opens a storeroom door and flings his butt in there and then jumps on him it's so funny i was watching a behind the scenes of that episode of this episode and harold perino is talking about that specific moment and said that was first take she just went for it right <laughs> from the get-go he said like in uh, the the uh the writer of this episode is even commenting that like yeah they're all watching it you could see everyone kind of being like oh 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 my Oh my goodness! Oh, it was great, and they both were great in that. Yep. And and the actor, uh, the actor who the actress was fabulous, and Harold Perrineau was great. I love him and everything. But that scene was so fun, where you find out that 
oh, the body he's inhabited just happens to be the one that she's having a, a, a fling with. Yep. And she's been dying to get a little alone time. And now's their chance. And, and Maddie doesn't want to blow their cover. The, 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 the fa- one of my favorite moments in the episode was Maddie going, now, now, oh. Now, now, <laughs> right now, just the transition from, I'm not sure, okay, yes, was so funny. I just, Harold Perrineau wins the night. Well, he said in the interview, he was talking about how he was trying to channel his first kiss and how absolutely weird and awkward his first kiss was. <laughs> and it's just, it's just a treat to watch. Meanwhile, in the millhouse, John, it turns out, has a black diamond. Yes. He has one of the pieces in a neat little mystical uh, crate. Yes. I guess a, 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 little, a, little, a little box. A little container. And one of the little <laughs> things that I loved about the direction and the writing and the acting in this episode was that it took him a little while to figure out how to get it open. It wasn't, right. there wasn't a lot of dialogue about it. It was as stuff is happening, he just is wrestling with it and wrestling with it and wrestling with it. It was just a great, you know, again, the, the direction of it was, yeah, during these two scenes, just fiddle with this. Try to get this work to achieve an objective, you know, the simple, basic things. But it was so clean and so John, yeah. you know, the, yeah, no, I can, I'll make it work. Just, I just need a minute. Like you said, it's sloppy. Right. You know, and, but eventually he got it, out pops the diamond or the diamond fragment. Right. At which point he looks at Chaz and says, hey, why don't you go pick that up? Right. Once again, God bless him. Chaz. Chaz is the definition of good sport. Man. The, the loyalty. You, you cannot ask most of your friends to put up with half of the stuff that poor Chaz has had to put uh, up to with. To be fair, most show. of our friends only die once. Fair enough. <laughs> but still, it was pretty amazing. So Chaz picks it up. And exactly what you think happens, happens. His He gets the black veins, his eyes go black, and he starts screaming, pure rage and bile. Yeah. John's and, trying to get him to drop it. Drop it, drop it, drop it. Chaz flings him across the room. And remember a few episodes ago during the Felix Faust episode when John bought a cattle prod? Yep. Yeah, it turns out there was a reason he wanted a cattle prod. Right. And he, he just nails Chaz with the cattle prod. And I love that that came back, too. Right. You know, well, because when nice. he first bought it, he said, I don't know, I just I want a cattle prod. I've, I've always wanted a cattle prod. It's <laughs> like, oh, actually, really useful in your line of work. So John blasts Chaz with the cattle prod, which is the only thing that gets Chaz to drop the diamond. Which he does, and the minute the diamond is out of his hand, he returns back to normal. Yes. And they realize just how dangerous the thing is that they're dealing with. And Chaz talks about when he was he, when he held it, he was overwhelmed with the things that anger him the most, the things that invoke his rage, overtake him. Yeah. And John starts putting a few things together. Right. And decides he's got to go back and start poking around to find out who fits that description in the hospital. Right. And luckily, Manny has, you know, after getting a little, he manages to figure out (laughs) what's going on. Brown chicken, brown cow. (laughs) And... They, he's seen Morris because he, he saw Morris interacting yes. and being a jerk with the nurses. And so when John describes what he's looking for, Manny says, oh, I know who it is. Right. And they go off to investigate. Well, unfortunately, literally seconds before John gets there, Morris takes a powder. He's out. Yeah. And John witnesses it. Yes. Uh, Morris just decides to leave because Morris is kind of a jerk. <laughs> and... 
surprise, 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 gets attacked by the mysterious giant man in the trench coat. Right. Who just beats him stupid. And we find out why Morris has been getting his skin graft. Morris fell asleep uh, in a drunken stupor while smoking. Yep. Set the house on fire, lost his wife and kid. Yep. And basically seems utterly unrepentant or willing to take responsibility. And they put to, they start to put together that the people who this is happening to. The one thing they all have in common. Is that they're all getting a second chance. And they're blowing it. Yes. They all got a second chance and blew it. Yep. And it's at that moment that John and Manny put together a little bit of info they've collected throughout. Oh, wait a minute. Well, because in earlier we missed this moment, yeah. uh, Manny is talking with Zed. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts of this whole episode is the stuff between Manny and Zed. I it think was really just, nice. We see a level of humanity achieved in Manny that we have not seen up to this point. And I need to take a sidebar here. Please. Because, um, I'll allow it. I have, thank you, <laughs> upheld. Uh, the, I have been not, not violently vocal, but vocal about my, um, Oh, gosh. Uh, critique of Angelica Solea. You have. And I still don't think she's the strongest actor on the show. Uh, but uh, as the episodes have gone on, she has gotten better, I thought. I agree. I did think in this episode, the scenes with Manny that she had, um, I think a lot of times good acting brings out good acting. Yeah. And uh, the some of the time... The quiet stuff that she has with Matt Ryan and the, now with Harold Perrineau bring out the best in her as a performer. Uh, she works less hard. She she it's more believable. And I loved those scenes with her and Manny. Yeah. In this episode, the stuff in the hospital where she's really asking, "Is this you know the price I pay?" for having these, for helping. Where do these come from? And he's gently saying, I cut off right now from all of my angelic knowledge, but you've got all the answers you need right. already, you know, and he's trying to help her. The, it was, they were just really lovely scenes. Well, and we also learn in this scene that the doctor who's been treating her, Dr. Galen, uh, was in, I want to say Afghanistan. Okay. And no, no, it wasn't, no, it it wasn't was Afghanistan. It was Baghdad. For a very yes, yeah, specific reason. It was Baghdad. Mm -hmm. And he is a, uh, he was a victim of war. He was uh, tending to people in Baghdad. Yes, he and, was a doctor. Yes, and was caught in a nearby explosion. And he has a piece of what he thinks is shrapnel inches from his heart too close to operate. Right. Little nod to Iron Man, I thought. But, yeah. you know, whatever. And... <laughs> After, you know, we, we're now jumping back to where we were, uh, John and Manny realize that they are the people who've died have all been targeted by someone mm -hmm. who is furious at them for not taking advantage of their second chance. Right. And Manny quickly realizes who the culprit is. Yep. A guy who was giving Zed a little grief about this is your second chance. Because Zed decides to pass on the biopsy. She yep. doesn't want to know. Yep. She does not want to have the surgery. And he does not love that. So they go to find Zed and to find her doctor, and they find them together. Indeed they do. And just as uh, 
he is getting a little upset with her for preparing to leave. And he goes, what do you call it? Berserk. Yeah. He hulks out. That's the I was looking for some word. Yeah. And Am I allowed to say that about DC Comics TV show? Well, I, I'll allow it. I've already said Iron Man. Let's just go with it. <laughs> uh, so we find out now clearly, cleanly, who our bad guy is. Right? Because he turns into a giant freaking monster with right. a hideous, deformed face. Right. And as this is happening, they realize, you know, part of the problem is it's not him. It's he's got a shard of the the black diamond. The black diamond. What he all, has all this time thought is shrapnel is, in fact, minuscule pieces of the black diamond. And because of that, w- when his rage is triggered, uh, and in, in this case, his rage comes when people throw away second chances right. because he sees the value of that. Um, that triggers him into being this person who I don't even know, does he realize? I was a little I unclear I, on that point. I'm not sure. It sort of feels like the Black Diamond eclipses his real personality. Oh, that was well done. Why, thank you. We'll, uh, we'll come back to that. <laughs> so, John has his fracture, or his piece of the Black Diamond. In its little magical container. And we discover that the pieces want to reunite. Yes. That when they're in proximity with each other, they are drawn to each other. So they use the, his piece in the box to track the bad guy. Yep. And they find him in the underbelly of the hospital. Oh, That's was a it good a word. Yeah, underbelly. Like, I love that word. Yeah, nice. And the the monster that was once Galen is just tossing them around like ragdolls. Until... Some something something magical happens. <laughs> well, they John realize realizes, that, yeah, 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 they realize that they're not going to beat this no guy chance. on their own. No chance. And he's got to get Manny's angelic powers back. So he turns <laughs> to Manny, who is in the guise of Bob the Doctor, and feeling utterly helpless. Right, Manny can't do anything at this point because he's and he's just terrified. A he's human terrified. like terrified. It drives him nuts. John pulls out a knife and carves some sigils in his chest, and Manny's like, wait, what? You said I had to... He doesn't. He actually cuts his own finger and draws the sigils with his own blood oh, on Oh, is chest. that what it was? Yep. Oh, I missed that. Because okay. Manny goes, uh, when John pulls out the knife, and then John cuts his own finger and draws the sigils awesome. yes, yes. Okay. on Manny's chest. And they we have a great little moment where it's revealed that, yeah, no, there was no time limit on the spell. John could have done it whenever he wanted to. And you see Manny for a minute just want to punch him. Like, are you so serious? Good. I've been down. Yeah, it was a great moment. And then Manny re- reconnects with the heavenly host and regains all of his abilities. And disappears for a quick second. Yep. And then you've got Bob the doctor there freaking out because what is happening and he just faints. Right. Right. Oh, poor Bob. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, just as the bad guy is about to take out Zed and John, Zed has a vision. Well, we see Zed's vision come back. And then, yeah. And then we see it happen in real life. The light. The light that she saw in her vision is, in fact, Manny regaining his heavenly powers. And he draws the creature that was Galen to him. Right. And grants... The, really the only kind of their Hail Mary, their only chance to defeat this thing is he grants the creature peace. It, he lets him die yep, and takes him to his reward. And it was a wonderful scene again. Well done with Harold Perrineau just being magnificent and saying you've done enough. And it's it's, it's lovely. It was a lovely take watching the giant wings wrap around them, watching them touch their heads oh, as man, the it light. Was beautiful. It was you know, beautifully and then they're done. gone. 
And all that's left are the little tiny shards of the black diamond, which John quickly collects. Yep. Uh, he opens his little, the little container and they fly together. Yep. No, I, that was another moment where I just thought the direction was really stupid. so cool. And it was, it was just, it was an interesting take. I'd never seen it done quite like that mm-hmm. before. I mm-hmm. thought it was lovely. Yeah. No, I really, really appreciated everybody's work in that section. It was very moving. It was great. Yep. And so we come to the end of the episode. They're at the church. Zed is trying to make her peace with things. Manny shows up and things have changed because now Zed can see Manny. And before Manny shows up, oh, right. John yes. and oh, Zed have this discussion this? and it's a lovely discussion where he tries to help her understand why he is who he is. He talks about how at the beginning of every single day, he spends some time imagining that everyone he knows and cares about is dead. He spends the first five minutes of his day imagining that so that when he it can happens, build up a callus over those emotions. And unfortunately, we have seen we've already seen in this episode and we know that there's plenty we haven't seen. That's not far from John's truth, right? A lot of John's friends have died, a lot of them, and yeah. he's had no small part in many of them. Well, and it's nice because, you know, a, a good story involves some transformative action going on with your characters. Right. And and we see him not just go – uh, what am I trying to say? We see him not uncaring about Zed in the hospital. Right. The, you know, quote unquote callous he puts over his emotions is not enough all the time. And so that moment when Manny appears to him right after he finds out about Zed's tumor and we see him lose his mind on Manny for a minute and demanding that he fix it, you know. And so we get to see the guy who that part of the guy who that he's trying to cover up all the time, you know, that he's trying to build those calluses over. Well, throughout the whole episode, Chaz has said, John, you've got a visitor. Manny has said, you've got a visitor. And John wouldn't do it. He would not visit her while she was sick. Right. And I what I personally got out of his little moment when he was explaining his whole this is what I think about. And then I go fry an egg and smoke a ciggy is this moment of he needs her to understand that it's not that he doesn't care about her. But if she needs him to be the guy to lean on, she's looking at the wrong guy. Right. That's not him. That's not what he's going to do. Absolutely. And I think from her discussion with Manny earlier where she says, John sent you. And he says, John's not real good at the emotion. Thing. Yeah. And she says, I know and, and agrees between that conversation and John talking with her. I think we see a really interesting step in John and Zed's relationship happen. Yeah. And then, as you said, Manny shows up in the church and miracle of miracles. Zed can see him. She now. can hear him. She can talk to him. It's like he's right there. And again, this Changes everything we've had in the show up to this point. Right. So why do you think she can see him now? My theory is it had something to do with the fact that they were able to interact when he was trapped in human form. Okay. And I think the tumor's got something to do with it. I really, truly do. Okay. I think the tumor may be helping her access more of her abilities. Interesting. Okay. I'm not positive. It's just a theory. It's interesting because I have a different theory on that, and we may never find out if there's only one episode left, uh. but the <laughs> the thought that I had was 
Manny hasn't interacted with Zed up to this point, a tiny bit in the imaging. Right. He possessed um, her for a split second. Right. In this episode, he went and sat with her, and she could tell it wasn't him to begin with a little bit while right. he was in Bob's body. Um, I don't think she could see him as Manny. She still saw him as Bob, the doctor, right? Yeah. But she knew that something was up and sussed out who he was. And this was her first real honest goodness conversation with him. I think based on – my theory is that based on that conversation and Manny interacting with her and Manny watching how she does what she does and watching her do it up close, I I wonder if he didn't grant her the ability oh, to see Oh, that would be him. lovely. You know, yeah. to, to – give this to her yeah. so that then when he has access to his angelic uh, uh, information, right. you know, I think part of the reason he came back to the church was to give John a little grief yeah. and to sit there and be with her and answer her questions. You know, I think she, she was asking, what, what, is this a punishment? You know, and I think he's there to say, what do you need to know? Because now I can answer you, and well, I will. And that was one of my favorite moments in the episode. Yep. While while John John you know decides to give them a little you know Zed and Manny time. Yeah. While he goes lights up another cigarette in a holy candle. Boy, yes. that I loved that. It was moment. funny. And she asks the question that she's been needing the answer to: Are my powers a gift from God? Right. And Manny's response: I'm here, aren't I? Right. And that's why I think. Manny may have granted her the ability to yeah. ask him questions. He may have said, okay, you're part of the team and I, and you deserve this now. What I love though, is he doesn't actually answer her. He right. does not tell her yes or no. Right. And it's still a big question mark as to what that tumor means. Yeah. Yeah. It's, if it's even a tumor at all, we don't know. Right. And you know, it's, it's all still a big question mark. Oh, so many questions to answer in one hour left. Right, right. And, and they won't. They won't. There's they, no they won't be able possible to. way. But, you know, with a little bit of luck. Um, with a little bit of luck. All right. We may get some more answers. Uh, but, it, boy, this episode, I just, I loved it, Joe. Yep. It was absolutely one of their, if not their strongest episode. Uh, it's hard for me, you know, it will always be hard for me to top the Richie episodes or the episodes with the Spectre. Speaking of Spectre. <laughs> yes. Next week, the return of Papa Midnight and Jim Corrigan. Yes. And we have no information on Spectre, but Jim Corrigan. Yes. And Papa Midnight, we, we know from all the press that's been going on that they're in the final episode. Yep. Which should be exciting. Um, I also... You know, the other thing that we haven't talked about yet, Joe, which I said at the beginning, we didn't have a lot of news. And we should have brought this up in the news section that we skipped, which is um, there has been talk. Oh, this is big. Of the show continuing on the Sci-Fi Network. Tony, and not only on the Sci-Fi Network, but under a slightly different title. Right. Under Constantine, Constantine the, the Hellblazer. Hellblazer. Ooh, that was good timing. Right? Synchronicity. I like My it. God, it's like we've known each other for 17 years. <laughs> and I think this is a, a potentially a great move. I know, I, I, I don't know what you, the gentle listeners, think. I have been, I have watched several of the sci-fi original shows and 
loved them. Yeah, and some of them, I mean, it, it comes and goes. There's, this there's, is true. You know, some quality is awful, and some quality is pretty good. Lately, several of the things have been really good. You know, obviously, Bla- Battlestar Galactica, great show. Yeah. I was also a huge fan of Warehouse 13 and Eureka yes. and Alphas. These were all really solid shows. And It would be really neat if this show got picked up to move to the sci-fi network. Well, especially because there's nothing like it on the sci-fi network Correct. right now. Like it's, it's, you know, the whole mystical, magical comic book thing. Sci-fi doesn't really have one of those. Right. And it's shocking to me. I mean, please correct me, gentle listeners, if I'm wrong. Sci-fi channel should have a comic book show. Yeah. That just right? seems like a gimme. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, again, watching this episode... We're, we've seen so much of in the last few weeks of this show really finding its stride. Yes. And really becoming the show it should be. And this week, boy, I thought just another big step. Right. Well, and again, at, now that Zed can see Manny as well as John. Yes. Manny actually has the potential to really act as part of the team. Right. In a way that he couldn't up till now when he's only, you know, when he's John's Jiminy Cricket. It doesn't mean the same thing when only John can interact with him. Yes. When now two thirds of the team can interact with them, things change. And they proved in this episode, they started a, a really interesting precedent, which was Manny in human body does stuff for John. Yeah. Which is the first time that's happened, unless I'm re- misremembering I mean, the something. closest thing would be when he possessed Zed for two seconds to defeat Imogen. Right. But this was much more... Much of, more active. And so... With that as precedent, you know, and with they both expressed a little surprise in this episode, Manny and John, I mean, I yeah. mean, uh, Zed and John, about Manny's involvement. Because he's been a sideliner up to this point. He's been nudging them in certain directions, but yeah. he's never gotten involved. Yeah. So uh, who knows if this is a thing that the Sci-Fi Network does pick up, uh, that could potentially be a really cool thing for the next several seasons. Wouldn't that be neat oh, man. to see where this show goes, how the Scooby gang develops? And the Sci-Fi Network does a lot of short season shows. They do a lot of 10 to 13 episode shows. Yeah. Give us 10, 10 episodes a year for the next five years of this show. Shoot. I would love that. I'll tell you right now, the more I watch the show, the more we got to see more of Matt Ryan as Constantine. I just, I think he is so spectacular in this role. Yes. On so many levels, he just gets who this character is. Well, and it's interesting, too, because related to that, uh, a tangent, but, you know, there was talk. Benicio Del Toro. Do I have the right person? Uh, yes. Guillermo Del Toro. Guillermo, thank you. Benicio. Yes, yes, I know. Somebody else. It's an actor. Thank you. He oh, played good. the Wolfman. Oh, good. Um, Guillermo Del Toro is has written a script for Justice, Justice League, League Dark. Dark. Wow, we're really good at syncing up today. Yeah, which is a comic in the DC universe, the new 52, um, that uh, has Constantine in it as well as a bunch of the other. And we've talked about Constantine that Constantine leads the team for a yeah. while. And But one of the interesting things that's happening right now is that DC has announced they're revamping their whole lineup. The new 52 is going away. Come this spring, there's a an event happening in the comics called Convergence, which will bring together some of the old universe heroes, keep some of the new universe heroes, create some new heroes, and revamp their lineup. it looks as though Justice League Dark is going away. Yep. At the same time, <laughs> there's a new Constantine show. Uh, comic. Uh, comic starting up. Yes, there is. Uh, with some great artists and writers. Um, so it's interesting that 
with the Justice League Dark going away, who knows if that movie has any potential right. of continuing to happen. But if it did, it would be cool if Matt Ryan was considered for that. And there's been talk of that. Yeah. I, I just, at this point, have a hard time picturing anyone but Matt Ryan in the part. Yeah, goodness. No. So that's, I think, I, I that may be all I have to say about this episode. But I was just, I loved it. And at this point, with one episode to go in this season. Right. And potentially the series, I'm hopeful for more. Yeah, me too. You know, because the way the last few weeks have gone, you just see them hitting a stride and hitting an understanding of what the story uh, should be and can be and what the potential is. Well, and, there's, and that's pretty exciting. As I was reading the brief uh, synopsis for the next episode, the little teaser, right? apparently there is a huge revelation as to the ri- what the Rising Darkness is in the next episode, no. which is just going to kill me if there's no more. Cool. And maybe it'll get a new name. (laughs) (laughs) If they keep making episodes, they can call it whatever they want. They can call it Ralph. I don't care. Right. The rising Ralph. The Ralphing darkness. The Ralphing darkness. Or just Ralph. (laughs) We have to come up with a way to defeat Ralph. The Ralph is everywhere. The Ralph is gaining power. Good Lord. (laughs) So, Joe, let's skip out of this and jump over to Myth Adventures before we go. Because I want to... um, I want to hear about the Black Diamond. And now it's time for Myth Adventures. The part of the show where we pretend we know stuff. Uh, 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 Master of the Dark Arts. Uh, uh, um, Master of uh, the Dark Arts. <laughs> uh, um, um, uh. dun, dun, dun. The Black Diamond. This is a nod to one of DC's longtime villains who has wreaked havoc for the JLA, the JSA, basically any good guy group you can think of. The Black Diamond has caused trouble for them, not so much as the diamond itself, but in the evil spirit possessed within the diamond. Yes. The spirit known as Eclipso. Eclipso is one of those villains that on paper you kind of look at and you're like, this should not work at all. (laughs) Uh, Eclipso's original host is named uh, Bruce Gordon. It is a nod to Bruce Wayne and Commissioner Gordon. I discovered as I was doing my research, that is where the name came from. Oh, I didn't know that. That's fun. Uh, He is a uh, stellar physicist who deals with a lot of stuff involving solar power and solar eclipses and whatnot. He comes in possession of the Black Diamond, and then, as always happens, the Black Diamond becomes takes possession of him. Yes. The, it's worth in the to, comics, it's fun because um, the, the way that you can tell who's eclipsed is, or who, which I guess is what you call it, yeah. because half of their face is in shadow. Yeah, it turns blue. Half the of time. their face it turns dark blue. It goes into this creepy, dark, it's, it's wonderful. And he also, I mean, it's Eclipso, if he wasn't so powerful and dangerous, he'd be silly if you look at him. He looks kind of like if a jester and an elf had a baby. Because he's got like the big pointed ears. He's got like the weird floppy hat, the pointy shoes. I'm just like, what on earth is like one of Santa's elves has gone rogue? What is this guy? And in the original comic books, do you know how you defeated Eclipso Tony in the original comic books? Um, Bright light. Bright light. (laughs) Bright freaking 
light. So he was the bad guy you could beat with a flashlight. Yep. <laughs> Completely accurate. Still. He has become significantly more dangerous. Yes. Now, a lot of the original... Con- you goofy know. as goofy could be. Yes. But still, yeah, Eclipso has become a guy who, you know, you're talking about a thing that could possess the entire Justice League. Right. And then when the JLA goes bad, bad things happen. And as long as Eclipso had physical contact with the diamond, there was a lot of magic he could invoke through it. We commonly see him blasting holes through people with it, but there's a lot of stuff he could do with it. One of my actual favorite arcs with Eclipso was in the Justice Society comic book, which I love. And uh, a relative of one of the people Eclipso killed joins the JSA as kind of a support staff and you see him injecting himself with stuff throughout the series of the show and you realize what he's done is he's found pieces of the black diamond and liquefied them and injected himself with them he has tattooed himself with I want to say ancient Mayan sigils and when he gets the black diamond he is able to access the powers of Eclipso without being taken over by the spirit and he becomes the new Eclipso and for a brief period in the DC comics Eclipso was actually a good guy I don't even remember it's this It's awesome. It's wow. Alex Montez was the name. And Alex actually shows back up in, if memory serves, in the Constantine series in the New 52 as this character. Who, unfortunately, in the original uh, timeline, things go very badly for Alex. One, in, okay. in one of the combats, his sigils get broken and Eclipso possesses him oh. and starts using him to kill all of his teammates. Oh, boy. And yeah, it turns out Eclipso does not like it when you keep him trapped in a diamond and access all of his powers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it gets grumpy. I'm going to have to go back and find that because I don't even remember it's that story. really line. good. And yeah. I didn't read as much Justice Society as I did Justice I League, loved that comic but, for reasons. Oh, sure. They're, they're, it's wonderful. But oh, neat. That's cool. Yep. And yeah, for a brief period, Eclipso is a good guy. So that's the Black Diamond mm-hmm. from the DC Universe. And again, a cool um, adaptation of uh, stuff from the comics being turned into something for the show, made its own, and really made to put to effective use. I admit the one thing I was hoping for this episode was when we got a good look at Dr. Galen in monster form, I wanted to see one side of his body blacked out. Oh, Sure. That would have been a cool little, yeah. Right, little thing. I understand. There's so much good in this episode, I I, I hate to say any negative at all. But sure. that one little thing would have been a nice touch. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. We do have a little feedback. Yeah, let's hear it. My name is John Constantine. Here's where you can reach me. Something big's on its way. All right. We have some feedback today from Juhi Lindley. Juhi writes... Hello, Tony and Joe. It was good to have you back for last week's podcast episode. It's just not the same without you both, and I hope the show gets renewed so I continue to enjoy your podcast. Oh, you. Well, golly, thanks, Julie. We're blushing. Thank you very much. I must say, the last two episodes have been some of my favorites. I usually can't handle scary or gory things. I got scared watching Star Trek First Contact and Scary Movie 4, but I've been braving <laughs> through it all for Constantine. You know what? I've not seen Scary Movie 4. Those Borgs, they'll get under your skin a little bit. There's some creepy stuff going on oh, there. Oh, the Borgs will get under your skin. Oh my god, I made a pun and did not even realize it. <laughs> all right. Uh, I know you guys like Angelica Slea, but she's not my favorite, and I find her to be distracting at times. I do love her almost childlike, innocent portrayal of Zed in certain moments, like this episode about her power in God, but otherwise a bit too much for my liking. You know what? That is a completely legitimate standpoint. Sure. 
Anne-Marie, Manny, and Richie, however, are just fantastic, and their episodes remain my favorites. I also continue to enjoy the relationship between John and Chaz. I love your idea of the Scooby gang with the Newcastle group, uh, by the way. Right? How awesome would that be? Boy, if and if this baby gets picked oh, up by a sci-fi channel, please. with everything going on, that would be so neat. Oh, please. Man. I, I just yeah. want the Newcastle gang to be on the Scoobies so bad. <laughs> I'm not asking for that much. Uh, I absolutely loved this week's episode with the mill house with a holodeck, right? How neat was the little Zen room? Zed's Zen room. <laughs> it was. That was fun. Right? And man, I was like, go into the other rooms. What's in the other rooms? <laughs> really? I had this moment where I was, when I was looking around that room. And again, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big nature guy. I used to be a park ranger, Tony. I don't yeah. know if you knew that. Oh, wow. And so I looked at Zen's room or Zed's room and it was kind of like, hmm. Yeah, I could stay there for quite some time. Live that there. is lovely. Neat. <laughs> Just lovely. <laughs> Uh, was this the same Room of Infinity a few episodes back? Regardless, I wouldn't want to leave that room if I had one either, right? right? I especially found it, found it interesting to see a completely different side of Manny. It seems that he only sort, he's only sort of a dick to John, and he's van, very angelic to others. I don't know why I found this fun, but I did. I completely agreed. I very much thought of that. When he really started interacting with Zed, I was like, wow, he is so much nicer to Zed. He's good at being an angel. And I think there's a part of me that goes, I can't help but wonder if Manny is a dick to John, because John's a dick. Well, it could be <laughs> like, yeah, right. He's just kind of matching that energy. <laughs> My favorite scene, of course, was the church scene at the end in which John confesses his secret daily ritual to oh, Zed. Yeah. It's a great moment. Uh, it's just unbelievable how far the show has come since the pilot episode. I just hope they get renewed for many more seasons. And, you know, I'm going to stop here. Jewy is about to make an outstanding point. Remember how terrible the first two seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation were? Mm-hmm. It went on to be some of the be- uh, some of the best TV series, right? Total agreement. For the one I always use is the first season of Buffy. They're they're just excruciating to watch sometimes. Yes. But if you if you give them a second chance, they can really knock it out of the no, park. It's true. The 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 whole example of the first few episodes and most of the first season of Next Generation, it, there were a few episodes that really stuck out, but overall it was it was it very was like ooh boy they're going to they're working hard you know well and you know i hope nbc was watching this episode because this episode really shows what happens if you don't give things second chances yes nbc I look looking forward to hearing your take on the, uh, looking forward to hearing your take on this awesome episode and more. P.S. Does Joe still think Manny is a bad guy? Admit <laughs> that you were wrong, Joe. <laughs> oh, Chewie, you are going to really enjoy my blog today this time because I I just own it. I just own that I was completely wrong about Manny. There you go. And this one causes me physical pain to read, but Chewie, it would be wrong of me not to. P.S.S. Star Trek is better than Star Wars. Am I right, Tony? You're not right. You're wrong. Um, I, I'm i just going to quietly agree with you, and, and we'll all sit here and know. Oh, God. We, we will know. How many Academy Awards has Star Trek been nominated for? Is the answer none? I, I can't hear you over the sound of Jar Jar Binks. What? Oh. What? I can't. Uh. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wesley Crusher. <laughs> Wesley Crusher saved that ship numerous times. <laughs> You know what? I think that's more of a testament against the ship that it requires Wesley Crusher to save it. I'm not even going to say Jar Jar Binks again. Because no. just saying it once is enough. So, thank you for your feedback, Juhi. It's great to hear from you. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs> I think that about does it, except I do have to point out a couple of things, everybody. Oh, yes. Um, 
One, if you have not uh, checked us out, Central City Underground is a podcast about The Flash that Joe and I are doing, and uh, it's The Flash is a oh. really fun show, and we are enjoying it. So join us over there for that, uh, another fun DC thing. Also, just a reminder, Golden Spiral Media podcasts are free for you to enjoy and participate in, and we love it when everyone becomes a part of the community and joins in with feedback and 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 all that sort of thing. The other part of that is you can go to the website, goldenspiralmedia.com, and find the Patreon links. And there you can support the podcast by clicking and donating money. And that helps to pay for all of the things needed to make these podcasts. And also, Patreon members get some additional fun content. There are movies with commentaries. You get to vote on things and pick fun television episodes and things like that that you can have your favorite podcast hosts do commentaries for. And there are a bunch of other really great uh, Patreon uh, supporter perks. So please check those out. Uh, keep doing uh, what you're doing and, and joining us here at The Devil You Know and whatever other Golden Spiral Media podcasts you listen to. We love doing this and we love having you along for the ride. So join us over at Patreon and uh, support the team. We appreciate it. So I guess that's it, folks. We will see you next week for the final episode of Season 1. If you have any other feedback, send it in to 304-837-2278. Give us a call. Let us know if you have feedback on this episode or this episode of the podcast. And we will see you next week for the season finale. Let's hope so. Not series finale. No season. Season. And... Who knows, maybe after that we'll do another wrap-up one later if we ever find out, you know, when, when we get either cancellation or renewal info, we may put out another episode. But we will be drunk out of our minds when we do. Just like Noah. <laughs> so, thanks everybody. We're looking forward to seeing you next week. Take care now. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.